Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back. My name is Roman Hamilton. We've got a very exciting episode for you today. This has been a long time coming. Paul is not able to be with us. He's had quite a few obligations that's been pulling him in a lot of different directions. And he gave me his blessing to kind of go ahead with today's episode. However, what we're going to be doing is actually playing an interview that we had with a guy that has inspired me in the ministry. I came across this man around 2001. His name is Dr. Kent Hovind. And if you know anything about Dr. Kent Hovind, you know that he is first and foremost an apologist. He is a man who studies the word of God and debates evolutionists, atheists, and what he teaches is a young earth creation theory, according to scripture. So here's what I want to do. I want to play a couple little clips from Dr. Hovind to introduce him to you. And, and you can, here's the thing. If you look up Kent Hovind, Dr. Dino, he's sometimes referred to as, if you Google search him, the first thing you're going to see is actually his mugshot. Now, when I interviewed Dr. Hovind, I did not want to bring up his past. I didn't want to try to bring up the things that he's been accused of or arrested for because he has actually addressed that on his YouTube channel. He's actually addressed that in multiple other podcasts. And so I didn't feel like it was appropriate to really delve into that but what you're going to see is that he gives a very strong argument from a biblical perspective and that in his personal life should not take away from his biblical views because I feel like his biblical views are on point although his personal life well there's there's a little bit of drama going on there and and uh, I hope I wish him the best when it comes to working all of that stuff out but he is definitely phenomenal when it comes to standing up for the Christian's worldview of, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So I'm just going to play this little clip. Hope you enjoy. I am confused. Being philosophically consistent and being a very honest person, I'm sure you can tell me where God came from. And in addition, in addition, once you've told me where God comes from, uh, please try to clarify how you can figure that a spiritual force can have an impact on a material universe to create it. I think that some years ago we already talked about that kind of thing in uh, philosophical circles at any rate by posing the question, if angels are made of uh, spiritual matter and a pen is made of material matter, 
and spiritual matter displaces no space, how many angels can dance on the tip of a pen? <laughs> I have a sense of sort of uh, uh, reversal experience here, but, but please do, go ahead. You got five minutes. Now, I just wonder which question. That's all right, you, you may take the rest of the minutes. We're supposed to do one question at a time. Which one would you like? That was part of the format for the debate. So, which, which question? I want you to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay, so two questions. All right. Go ahead. All right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, <laughs> because the God of the Bible d is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven, there's space, and the earth. There's matter. So you have time, space, matter created, a trinity of trinities there. Just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid, gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously. And the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? The God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for, and the, I, the concept that a, of a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body, well then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that form by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay? So, I, your, your question, where did God come from, is assuming a limited God, and that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping, that's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you. So, yeah, Kent Hovind is incredible, and he thrives in... Uh, when it comes to debates, and he has a uh, he has a challenge going on right now that he will debate any atheist, anytime, anywhere, and all they got to do is just produce evidence of evolution. And he has a very strong point of view. Um, I like his perspective on scripture, but I think sometimes what Doctor Hovine lacks is a little empathy and compassion. Um, I mean, I guess when you're always defending and you're, you're constantly coming at something from a defensive perspective, like somebody's always attacking you and attacking your faith. Well, I guess, you know, maybe that, okay, I get that. But um, Christ told us, he said, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another, not how well you can argue with one another. And, and I mean, that's one thing that Paul even says, avoid foolish and unlearned questions, which do gender strife. And I think that the story of creation is, see, that's the thing when it comes to scripture, 
a lot of people try to take the Bible and make it a history book and a science book. Simply put, the Bible is God's love letter to humanity. Obviously, God created this world. It's his. He makes the rules. Man broke the rules. And as a result, sin entered into the world. And since sin entered in, so did death. And the Bible tells us all about God's redemption story for humanity, how that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. He died on a cross. He paid our sin debt with his own blood. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission or payment for sin. But that's not the end. Jesus prophesied that he would rise again, that he would be brought back to life or resurrected from the dead. And that was confirmed in the gospels and also the acts of the apostles. I mean, he was seen by over 500 witnesses and history tells the story of Jesus Christ. He's been tried. He's, they've tried to erase Jesus from history and yet they cannot stamp out God. And so that's essentially the Bible wrapped up in a nutshell. But Dr. Hovind, he is phenomenal when it comes to sharing the young earth creationist's view. Now, what I was taught in school and probably what many other people were taught is that, you know, millions of years ago, dinosaurs roamed the earth. And the Big Bang Theory, you know, 13 billion years ago, all of the matter in the universe. Now, what matter is, matter is like all the the tangible stuff. It's it's rocks. It's water. It's coal. It's dirt. It's um, all the matter, everything that, uh, the, all the bedrock, not just in one small community, but the whole universe universe we can't even quantify that or even understand that but they say that all of the matter in the universe was vacuumed and hyper compressed onto the size no bigger than a thumbnail now i can disprove that theory real quick and here's what you need to do take a plain sheet of paper it's called the impossible eight what you need to do is take that sheet of paper and see if you can fold it eight times some of the popular videos online right now is uh the hydraulic press people will take a hydraulic press and they'll try to crush different things and they want to see just exactly what that hydraulic press can crush and it's it's kind of satisfying but see if you can take a piece of paper and see if you can fold it in half and then in half again and then have see if you can fold it eight times in half each time and you can't do it because there just comes a point where that paper won't bend and you can't you can't even get that one piece of paper the size of your thumbnail. So to think that everything in the universe could be hyper compressed into something the size of your finger just rationally that doesn't make sense. And Dr. Hovind says that we have to approach the Big Bang 
and the evolutionist theory from a perspective of faith. And he argues that the theory of evolution is not scientific, but rather it is a religion. And if we look throughout time, I mean, Dr. Hovind's going to detail this here in just a minute um, when we play the clip when, when Paul and I was able to, to interview him. But it's not concrete. We have to receive that from a perspective of faith. And that's the thing. Like, we can't prove that God created the world and it's only 10,000 years old. I have to receive that by faith. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that creation testifies of a creator. I mean, I, I real and, and Ray Comfort is another guy that I've always looked up to. That just with my rational mind, I can come to the conclusion that the building that I'm in had to have a builder. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I think that we sometimes ignore God and choose to reject God because then we think, well, I'm no longer subject to God's rules. Oh no. One, the Bible says one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. I feel like I'm kind of rambling here. So I'm just going to go ahead and roll the clip from the conversation that Paul and I had with Dr. Hovind. We hope you enjoy. Dr. Kent, you ready to go? I am ready. Hey, what is the particular topic tonight, guys? Well, I figured since you're the expert on creation, we was going to talk about creation, if that's all right. Okay, that'd be great. Is that right up your alley? I'm an expert. Dr. Hovind, it is such a pleasure to get to meet you. I've been a fan of yours for many years, um, been a student, I guess you'd say, of the ministry. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed about, about you, Dr. Hovind, is you have never been afraid of a challenge. Would you agree? Well, I have to qualify that a little bit. A couple of women scare me half to death. Go ahead. <laughs> but you've <laughs> gone up against uh, atheists. You've gone up against evolutionists. You've uh, defended the faith phenomenally. And your insight has just been remarkable on Scripture. You speak with such boldness and charisma uh, like I said, it, it inspires young men like myself to just dig a little bit deeper in the Word so that we can give a reason for our faith. There's a war going on. We need all the soldiers we can get out there in the battle line. Yeah, that's true. Well, you and Ray Comfort have been two men that have kind of been instrumental in my life. Again, never met you, but you've been putting out content. I probably discovered your videos around 2001. Okay. Yeah, on VHS, <laughs> if you can imagine that, right? Oh, yeah. We put out a bunch of them on VHS. That's all there was back then. So what are you into nowadays? Like, are you still putting out? I know you're you're doing uh, content on YouTube, um, but is that your main platform? Yes, we do a new YouTube broadcast every night uh, here at Dr. Kent Hovind Official on YouTube. Uh, I do a lot of debates at universities. I got a debate tomorrow on YouTube in number 257, I think, for me. I'll be glad to come debate at any university if you can find somebody willing to defend their religion of evolution. But yeah, we're building Dinosaur Adventureland in Lenox, Alabama, 140 acres. We have uh, people come visit from all over the world. It's amazing. You guys got to come down and see this place. You can see it all on, on our website, drdino.com, or watch our YouTube channel, as you mentioned, uh, Kent Hovind Official. You can see a bunch of videos on there. But it's all free. Come on down. 
All right. Well, um, so let's, let's just get right into the topic. What's the truth about creation? Where do we come from? Are we just some cosmic accident or was intelligent design behind all of this? So Dr. Hovind, give us your thoughts on young earth creationism and your views on where, where all this came from. Well, if I told you this ink pen uh, was 10,000 years old, I think you'd say, I think I could disprove that pretty easily. It's made by BIC Corporation, and BIC wasn't even a company until after World War II. So just that one fact destroys my 10,000-year claim and turns it down to less than 70 years, okay? It has to be. So if you said, well, ballpoint pens were only invented at a certain date, and it's made out of plastic, and plastic decomposes at a certain rate, and I think you could prove my 10,000-year claim is wrong pretty easily. Now, I doubt you could prove exactly when the pen was made. I don't know. But I think you could prove 10,000 is wrong and probably limit it down to less than 10 years, just by simple facts of science. If somebody claims the Earth is billions of years old, I say, excuse me, guys, wait a minute. I think there's quite a few ways to prove that claim is wrong. Here we are on a Earth. Where'd my Earth go? My planet Earth, my globe, somebody, oh, here we go, okay. We're on a planet that is spinning. All right, I think we all agree with that. Well, the flat Earthers don't agree, but it's round and it spins, okay. So it spins, <laughs> but as it spins, it is slowing down. And we know why. I mean, there's several things causing drag on the Earth. The tide going up and down, banging into the beach creates a drag. What's called the lunar drag, the moon pulling on the Earth creates a drag. The crust of the Earth is over the top of a liquid core. The middle is, is more liquid. And so as it spins, the liquid rubs against the underside of the crust. And so that's a slowing, a breaking action. We know of five or six things that are causing the Earth to slow down, the prevailing wind currents, et cetera. So, <clears throat> Somebody says this earth is billions of years old. I say, guys, hold it. The earth is spinning, but it slows down. If you do a little math on that, you'll say it can't be billions of years old. <clears throat> Just like this pen can't be 10,000 years old. I'm sorry, it can't be. Uh, the moon is going around the earth, <clears throat> but the moon gets farther away. The moon's leaving us about an inch and a half every year, getting further away. Okay, well, that means it used to be closer. If you bring the moon in closer, the tides are higher, inverse square law. And you do the math on that and find out, wow, the moon can't be more than 1 billion years old. So they're telling me the Earth is 4.6 billion, but it's slowing down and the moon's getting further away. I'm sorry, guys, it can't be 4.6 billion. You might need 4.6 billion to make your theory sound reasonable, but you can't have it. It's not available. And I cover on my video number one of my series, we produced... I'm thinking 15 million videos in 42 languages, somewhere close to 15 million. <clears throat> Not copyrighted. You can copy them all you want. My series of 18 hours is uh, 50 bucks for the whole thing, creation seminar series. But video number one is titled The Age of the Earth. Science, different scientific ways to prove the Earth cannot possibly be billions of years old. You can do it from nature. You can do it from uh, biology, things that are living. You can do it from geology. You can do it from eschatology, other, the or astronomy, there's all kinds of ways to say the Earth can't be billions of years old. So that's probably one of the more important videos you could watch of my series. You can buy the whole thing for 50 bucks, watch it, copy it, and return it, and get your 50 bucks back. <laughs> Brother, I've been a Christian 50-some years, and I learned right away, Baptists don't steal, but they do borrow and never return. So <laughs> you're not, you can't borrow it. You can buy it, and then when you're done, return it, okay? Get your money back. Meanwhile, I got the 50 bucks. So <clears throat> that's the, what we've done since we started this ministry. 
we produce a lot of videotapes on science in the Bible. Uh, I do a whole series on what's going to happen in the future. What on earth is about to happen? Whoa, what on earth? The Bible teaches there's a tribulation time coming and a rapture coming. And for 40 years of my Christian life, as I read the Bible, I had been taught you know, by the Schofield Bible and by others that the rapture could take place any minute before the tribulation. It's not true. I wish it was. Okay. I have had to switch my theology to post-trib pre-wrath. Christians have been guilty of confusing tribulation and wrath. Tribulation is what the world does to us. Jesus said, you shall have tribulation. Wrath is what God does to the world. Now, God's children are not appointed unto wrath, Titus tells us, but we're here for the tribulation. So I did a book on that, did some charts on that about what's going to happen. Those are all on my website, the charts and uh, video series on the future. According to Daniel and Matthew, Mark and Luke, we're here for the tribulation. So that we produce a lot of videotapes and, and materials that'll help strengthen people's faith in the word of God. After people watch my videos, they, they, come, they, they go away saying, wow, the Bible's true. And then it takes about a week and then it soaks in, all of a sudden they say, oh no, the Bible's true. <laughs> I better do what it says. <laughs> so that's what we try to do. We call it creation science evangelism. I am unapologetically in favor of go get everybody saved. Get a witness to him. Ray Comfort, you mentioned him. He's a good friend of mine. Go, go evangelize, get the world saved. Go ahead. So, you know, you're talking about the world being 4.6 billion years old, and we're living in this age now where everybody has an opinion, right? Everybody gets a say. Everybody has an opinion. And evolutionists bring some compelling arguments. And, I mean, I know that you, I mean, we're, like I said, we're all coming from the, uh, from the position of that God's word is, is true and that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So, you know, we're, uh -huh. we're Bible-believing people. But what makes our view right versus the evolution? I mean, I've got to hear, I've got to hear you debate so many people, and people on the other side of the fence are strong in their position that their argument is correct, that we're, we as Christians are wrong. So give us a little ammunition here. What is it about, I mean, how do we know that the earth is not billions of years old, but rather a young earth? Well, I'll give you a couple there about the earth is slowing down. Um, the earth moon is getting farther away. The population of the earth is growing. Let me get up to my seminar part one. I can open up some of those. All open. Let's see. On my seminar part one, I go through, I think, 40 or 50. I have about 70 different scientific indicators. I'm sorry, the Earth cannot be billions of years old. It can't be. Now, they need billions of years for their theory, I understand, okay, because that's how you hide it. You know, you hide all stupid things that way. They're a fairy tale. Long ago and far away. All fairy tales start off that way. And evolution is nothing but a fairy tale. Let's see. I cover some of the scientific indicators for the age of the Earth. Uh, let me call up just a couple here that I cover on my video number one. Uh, I got about 25,000 slides. So it kind of <laughs> helps if you ask the questions in the same order that I already have the answers. That uh, would help a little bit. Okay. First of all, the Bible clearly teaches that God created the heaven and the Earth. Let's see. Slide number 242. Oh, DV. 242. Enter. Okay. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, pretty clear. The Bible starts off that way. God is claiming that he did it. Okay, then you read in John chapter 1, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is claiming that he made everything. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the Word, and it mentions that in John 1. The Word was God. Jesus was God Almighty in the flesh. So by him, as Jesus, were all things created. Bible clearly teaches that Jesus was God and Jesus created everything. He's God Almighty in the flesh. And Jesus said in Matthew 19, 4, you're talking about marriage and divorce, but he said, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Obviously talking about Adam and Eve. So here's Jesus saying that was the beginning when he made Adam and Eve. Mark 10, 6, it's another verse. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. So Jesus said the beginning of the creation was when God made Adam and Eve, and he was the one who did it, so he ought to know. And the Bible says clearly in Romans 5, by one man sin came into the world and death by sin. Did things die before Adam sinned? We got Christians teaching their kids dinosaurs died before man got here. Stop and think, guys. Nothing died till Adam sinned. The Bible says by man came death. In Adam all died. So Jesus was the one who did it. He said the beginning was when he made Adam and Eve. And the Bible says nothing died till Adam sinned. And in the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, it couldn't be more clear. In six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is. God's claiming he made everything in six days. Dinosaurs, stars, everything in heaven and earth. Same thing in Exodus 31. In six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. It's all through the Bible. It was a six-day creation and then a day of rest. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the first man was Adam. He was it. And nothing died until Adam sinned. And Eve is the mother of all living. So here you got the Bible clearly teaching the creation of Adam and Eve was the beginning. Nothing died till man sinned. And the Bible says we all came from Adam and Eve. She's the mother of all living. So from a scriptural perspective, it's very obvious the earth cannot be billions of years old. It was made in six days. Everything, plants, animals, everything made in six days. That's what it says. In Second Peter, he said, knowing this first, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. So the scoffers are going to be walking after their own lust, and it says they're going to be willingly ignorant. That means dumb on purpose of three things. Number one, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and heaven is plural and purposely. There are three heavens mentioned in the Bible. We cover that on video. Number two, what was the original creation like? Why did they live to be 900? Like I said, you can get the whole third on drdino.com or call our office, 855-BIG-DINO is our telephone number. So it says the scoffers are ignorant that the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Now hold it. How could the earth be out of the water and in the water? Well, we cover all that on video. Number two, what was the creation like? Why did they live to be 900? Secondly, the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. This world was destroyed by a flood. The scoffers are ignorant of that. And thirdly, it says talks about the day of judgment. There's going to be a day of judgment. The scoffers are ignorant of the creation, which was about 6,000 years ago. You get that date by adding up the dates in the Bible. And they're ignorant of the flood, and they're ignorant of the coming judgment. It says in Genesis 5, Adam lived 130 years and had a son and called him Seth. Seth was 105 when his son was born, Enos. Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. 
So being a mathematician, I said, hey, I'm going to make a chart. Got to graph it out. Okay. So I graphed out the dates that are found right here in Genesis chapter 5. And again, in chapter 11, it gives the dates of the people after the flood. But before the flood came, according to the Bible, the people are living to be 900 years old. Adam was 930. Read Genesis chapter 5. After the flood, it dropped off into the 400 range, and then 200, and then 100. And today, hardly anybody makes it to 100. I met a lady today at 99 years old down in Bruton. But that's really rare. So the Bible teaches something was different. If you add up the dates, you get about 4,000 B.C. Now, I don't put an exact date like the Schofield Bible did, you know, 4,004 B.C., October 23rd. At two in the afternoon. I don't, I don't think you're going to get that close, but you'll get within, you get about 4,000 BC was a creation. All the textbooks now are calling it BCE, which means before the common era. They don't want kids thinking about Christ. BC, what's that, teacher? Anyway. So if you had to put a birth certificate on the earth, the Bible clearly teaches the earth was created about 6,000 years ago. So the Bible dates add up to 6,000. The textbooks say the earth is billions of years old. Somebody is seriously wrong. Jesus said the creation of Adam was the beginning. So was he lying? Did he not understand science? Or could he be right? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So in my seminar series, I go through a lot about the Bible and a lot about science. I taught biology or science and physical science for 15 years. Uh, the science clearly backs up the earth being about 6,000 years old and had to be created. So I'll take any questions you guys have, but that's what we try to do. We defend the Bible as being, the Bible's correct. Evolution is stupid. Nobody's ever seen any animal produce any offspring other than the same kind. I mean, cows have baby cows. Every time, every time. Lies make baby flies, nothing else, nothing else. Now, if you wish to believe flies and cows are related, well, that's a belief. That's a religious belief. It's not part of science. So I'll debate any atheist, you know, send them all, you'll take them all on. As a matter of fact, November 24th, coming up soon here, we go back to this one here. Uh, we have a oh, Bible Believers Baptist Big Bang blowout coming up. Uh, I have to get my other slide up here. All right, there, uh, PowerPoint, okay. All right, here's our, uh, we're inviting all the atheists in the world to come have a debate on creation evolution. We'll take them all on sweetly. Okay, slide number. 92, oh, BV, 92. This is our property, 16 lakes and ponds on our property if you want to come down and go fishing. Someone gave us the whole thing, 140 acres. But November 24th uh, will be our Bible Believers Baptist Big Bang blowout. We've challenged all the atheists in the world to come or send their best evidence for evolution. We say there is none, zero, zip, nada. It'll be held right here in our new church building, which will be done by then. Yay, okay. <laughs> Come spend the night. We're going to treat them to Thanksgiving dinner, treat them like their family, and just we won't even argue on Thanksgiving Day. That's going to be hard for me not to do. <laughs> so that's right. This is what I was looking for. You know, it's kind of like you wind him up and you let him go. <laughs> it took me a little while to get him started, but, you know, Dr. Hovind, thank you for sharing that. That was a compelling argument for the young earth and the biblical view of, of creation. And I think for, for believers, especially for me as a, as a young man, this is something that we're not necessarily equipped with to, to deal with or, or, or have a conversation with people about the young earth. It's just kind of like the earth was billions of years old and dinosaurs roamed, you know, 
billions of millions of years before humans actually got here was destroyed by an asteroid and uh, we're just some big cosmic accident. And so, you know, I'm thinking about first Peter three, five, you know, you're a big apologetics guy. Would you agree? I don't know if I like that word. I believe the Bible is true. I'm not apologizing about it, but they call it apologetics. Yeah, I, I defend the Bible. How's that? Yeah, I, I, in defense of, I get it. But, you know, you're, we always, as, as believers, need to be ready to give a reason and an answer for our faith. And so equipping the saints is a big deal. Discipleship is a big deal in church. And that's one of the things that I've really been focused on as a pastor is focusing on discipling believers, equipping the saints. Of course, there's Titus 3.9. Avoid foolish and unlearned questions, which do gender strife um, because they're unprofitable and vain. Genealogies, these sorts of things. And so here's, here's the thing. I almost feel like we have to kind of have this knowledge because... I mean, it, it doesn't change the gospel, but at the same time, if God didn't create all of this, then the gospel falls apart. Would you agree? Well, the gospel is the good news that we can be saved from our sin. Saved from who? Saved for what? I mean, if the creation story is true, then God created it. God owns it. God can make the rules, like the Ten Commandments. And if we break the rules, God can give us whatever punishment he chooses. Now, if there's no God, there, there can't be any rule. I've asked atheists all over the world. I say, look, if evolution is true, how do you tell right from wrong? On any topic, how do you tell right from wrong? One atheist I was debating, he said, that's easy. He said, I decide what's right and wrong. He said, I'm the God of my own universe. I said, I'm glad to hear that because I'm going to shoot you in five minutes. Mm. He said, you can't do that. I said, well, why not? I'm the God of my own universe. I think it's fine for me to shoot you. Right. Who's in charge? Who gets to determine what's yeah. right and wrong? Where's the rule? Where's the standard? They're, they don't have one. And they want to pass that on to all the kids, and they want me to help pay for it. Look, if you want to believe you came from a rock, go start a private school and teach kids who want to pay to come out believing they come from a rock. But that's not science. That's religion. Mm -hmm. I think it's stupid, but this is America, the land of the fee and all of slave. And if you want to teach that, fine. But I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, they just want to so bring chaos. Can be taught in private schools, if at all, and they should only use real science. Nobody's ever seen a frog produce a non-frog. Never been seen. But they think us, they want me to believe the frogs and the elephants and the bananas are related. Okay, guys, I, I, sorry, I don't believe that. Where's the evidence? And That's I think what we do at our ministry here in Lenox, Alabama, not in Fort Ventureland. Come on down. And so uh, you say that creation and, and the biblical account of creation is scientific. Is that is that your view? I, I think that's the only logical answer. Things had to be created, and they had to be created within a few days of each other. And so creation... are breathing in carbon dioxide and giving off oxygen. Animals are breathing in oxygen and giving off carbon dioxide. They, yeah. they, switch, they reciprocate the gases. If the Earth had plants only for millions of years, they would quickly use up all the CO2, and they would all die. If the Earth only had animals, A, what would they eat? And very quickly, they would use up all the oxygen, and then they would all die. So you have plants and animals have to be created within, the Bible says, within two days of each other. That's not a problem. You want to have millions of years? Now you got a problem, real problem. And so 
while there, God's not creating anything new, and we can't observe that, we can gain certain inferences or deduce, kind of reverse engineer, what the Bible teaches us. In, in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So, right. you know... This is why I love Ray Comfort. Every building has a builder. Every, my, my wife bakes cakes. Every cake has a baker. Every painting has a painter. Everything that's ever been created has a creator. And so, right. and so we gain this insight by observing in the natural world that somebody must be in charge, that there's intelligent design our eyes, the, 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 the organs in our body, the nervous system, our brain. I, I love that, uh, that little line that you gave right there, Dr. Hovind, when you was talking about the, uh, the creation. And you said, if we're just some big cosmic accident, how can you even trust your brain? How can we trust our own rationale, our own morality? That was the, the I made a tree atheist at once at Embry Riddle University uh, called three on one. It's one of the debates I've done. I got Video of it here somewhere, but here's one thing that I, whenever I go evangelize, you know, I invite people to church. I have so many people who say, "Well, I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm a good person," but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that no. the heart is deceptively wicked. Who can know it? And so, even Adam said, "From my mother's womb, I was born into sin." And so, as as believers, we need to be equipped to. Defend the faith in Second Timothy two fifteen. Study to show yourself approved, working unto God that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You have such great content, some some great resources for believers to utilize and to help equip themselves in the faith. Yeah, and then get them on our website, Doctor Dino. They can call our office eight five five Big Dino. Just call that phone number extension one. You can get my videos and like I said, copy them all you want. One guy in Dallas has made 40, I think 44,000 copies now and given them out. That's his witnessing tool. People, people will sit on and watch a DVD that you will never get to come to church. Hey, that's true. All our office. Man, I got to save one of those crazy videos. Please spread them around. Yeah. My man, Paul here, whenever I told him, I was like, Paul, I got Kent Hovind lined up. Paul hadn't really heard of you. And so I've been sending some little snippets, and Paul's like, this guy's good. <laughs> yeah, I told my cousin, he's a pastor in uh, Durham, North Carolina, and I talked to him on the phone today, and I told him that uh, we had this at 5, and he was like, man, he said, that is unbelievable. Well, thank you. I'll be glad to do interviews. Tell everybody you know. I, I, I just want to get the gospel out. Tell everybody. I'll be, I do lots of programs, lots of debates. Uh, get some universities to have me come. I'll take on every professor in university at the same time, me against all the science staff on two conditions. I get half the time, and we talk about one topic at a time. I, I, That's he, fair. He's, like I said, this guy, he's, he's incredible. So, Dr. Hovind, can you give us about 10 more minutes? And we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Sure. Um, you brought up flat earth. <laughs> I can't believe that you brought that up. But Mark Sargent, do you know that name? I don't think I've met him. I know the name. Is he in the Flat Earth community, if I recall? He's one of the big guys behind the okay. Flat Earth community. That's what I was going to ask him about. I, I've ran into so many people 
in the last year and a half to two years in my profession that these guys are like totally sold on flat earth. And, and, and there's days that I have to listen to them gap all day about it. So thank you for bringing this up. So we're going to know how to combat this and say what to say to them about it. Well, it's really pretty simple. Kansas is flat. The rest of it is round. <laughs> okay. Give us a little more than that, Dr. Kent. Come on. <laughs> well, I taught, I taught earth science for 15 years. There are all kinds of ways, scientifically, mathematically, you can prove this earth is a giant ball. We're standing on a ball a little less than 8,000 miles in diameter. It is spinning around once a day, and it is slowing down. If, if the earth were flat, I should be able to get up in a tall tree and get a big telescope and see the Eiffel Tower in Paris. I can't do that. From any location, I could actually, with a little trigonometry, which I also taught, I could calculate, if you tell me your location, your elevation, I'll tell you how far you can see to the horizon. There will be a limit. Get out in the ocean, get on a ship, get up on a tall mast. You will not be able to see land after a while when you get out to sea far enough. They have guys up there on top of the mast saying, land ho. How could they do that? If, you, if the earth's flat, there'd always be land ho. See, always. So I think what's happened, Satan has deceived some well-meaning Christians into teaching that flat earth stuff. I think they're, they're very serious. I think that they really think they're defending the Bible. I don't question their sincerity. Some of them are very intelligent in other areas, okay? But I think they're deceived on this one. They say, well, the Bible says God sits on the circle of the earth and circles are flat. Okay, guys, I taught geometry for 15 years. There is no such thing as a circle. It's a purely imaginary construct. I can tell you a lot about circles, you know, the radius and chords and all this stuff and diameter and all that circumference. But technically, if you draw a circle on the paper with a, with a pencil or pen, the, it's, it's technically now the thickness of your pencil lead, so it's actually a cylinder. If you have a real circle, it's non-existent. It's two-dimensional. There's no, no third dimension to it. So circles, squares, triangles, parallelograms, trapezoids, they're, they're theoretical, plain, plain geometry, but they don't actually exist. So <clears throat> somebody says, the earth is a circle. I say, well, let's go out in my yard. I'll dig a hole. As soon as I dig a quarter inch deep, I've proven you're wrong. It's got some depth to it. Mm. I can dig, I dug plenty of holes in my life, and you don't come out the other side. <laughs> so yeah, the earth is certainly a giant ball, and it is spinning around once a day. Uh, we can see the shadow of the earth when it passes you know, between the moon and the sun. And it makes a, a curved circle, a curved shadow going across the moon. The moon sometimes goes between the sun and us, and it makes a curved shadow on the earth. There are hundreds of ways to prove scientifically the earth is a giant ball. It is spinning. The gravity is toward the center, which is normal, natural. All the other planets are round. Take a look at Venus or Mars. Get a telescope. we got a bunch of them here. Come on down. Uh, and so I, I think it is a giant distraction from the gospel, it's, it makes Christians look stupid. I think that's probably the goal, whoever started this idea. Let's guess, I bet we can get the Christians. And see, that was, I mean, that, we can laugh at them. And that goes back to Titus 3. You know, these foolish and unlearned questions which do gender strife, especially when it comes to gene genealogies. You know, flat earth, I say, does it change the gospel? But then you have some people who will say, well, if it's God's word and God's word says that the earth is flat, then it kind of does 
change the gospel or impact the gospel. So who are we supposed to believe? And but again, you know, I don't like to really get into those discussions because I don't really feel qualified, I guess, to make those arguments. They're starting with a false premise. This is how many argue. If cows could fly, would it be dangerous to drive your car on the highway? Stop, stop. Cows can't fly. End of argument. You don't need to go on to any more questions. They say, well, if the Bible teaches the earth is flat, therefore this would affect soul winning. Well, the Bible does not teach the earth is flat. Show me where it teaches such a thing. It doesn't. It says the earth is round. God sits on the circle of the earth. It's a big round ball. Uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with you there, Dr. Ken, but uh, that's that's one of those that we're still going to have to <laughs> be ready to give an, uh, give an answer. Yeah, it is mostly Christians that are pushing this flat earth stuff, and I think it's an embarrassment to Christianity, and I think they're well-meaning, and they're wrong, dead wrong, seriously wrong, and they're hurting the cause of Christ. They should knock it off. Okay, so let's have a little bit more fun here. Um, I know your views, or I've, I've heard your views on um, the paranormal and certain mythological creatures. And like I said, uh, we're, we're kind of wrapping this up, so we're, we're, we're having fun right here at the end. Do you think that there was once titans that existed on the earth? I know that in, in Scripture, Genesis 6, it talks about the Nephilim. We don't even know much about these guys. I mean, I think that they were destroyed in the flood, but... I, you know, you hear people say that there are remnants of the the Titans or the Nephilim. So, give us your thoughts on that. And I mean, I'm sure that you could probably do a whole hour long set on on that exact thing. Right on my video number two, seminar two called the Garden of Eden. We talk about what the creation was like according to the Bible. It says God created the earth in the water and out of the water. What does that mean? It talks about the water under the crust of the earth. It used to be when the earth was created, it had a layer of dirt and rocks to stand on, which was called the crust. We're still standing on it. There was a layer of air above that called the atmosphere, which we still have. But above that was a layer of water. There was water above the heaven. Said so in Genesis chapter 1, first chapter. I think it was a crystalline canopy of ice, a couple fingers thick, two or three fingers thick. And it was maybe 10 miles up. And it compressed the atmosphere down to 10 miles. Today, it stretches out like 50 miles, okay? So that would increase the air pressure. A canopy of ice over the air would increase air pressure, and it would make it easier to breathe, and it would ice would filter out UV light. The light UV light cannot penetrate through water. So a couple inches of ice up there would increase air pressure on the surface and would block UV light and make the people live to be 900 years old. That's one of the reasons why they lived to be 900 before the flood came. Um, also, animals that never stop growing, like reptiles, reptiles never stop growing. If they could live to be 900, they'd be 50 feet long. The dinosaurs were big lizards with Adam and Eve. They did not live millions of years ago. They find fossils of giant humans. I think man was probably much bigger before the, before the flood came. I don't know if all people were or not, but certainly some giant skeletons have been found. I'm talking 12 to 15 feet tall. Oh, wow. There is overwhelming evidence from many different fields of science that man used to be huge. Now, the evolution theory says we started off small like a chimpanzee, and we're getting bigger, better, stronger, smarter. And someday we're going to sail around the universe and discover new life forms, you know, like Star Trek. The exact opposite is true. We were made in God's image. People were probably, I'm, I'm going to pick a number and say 15 feet tall. 
in which case, how far could you walk in one day if you were 15 feet tall and in perfect condition and had all the oxygen you needed? You could run like crazy. You don't need a car. You could run anywhere. Plus, where's there to go? I mean, they had everything together. But um, I think the Earth, there's a lot of evidence of giant human fossils being found. Now, the evolution theory says we started off small like a chimpanzee, and we're getting bigger, better, stronger. Absolute opposite is true. We're made in God's image, and we're getting smaller and weaker and dumber as we, as we progress along. Now, there might have been a little bump in the last 100 years with imp improved uh, sanitary conditions, improved diet. You know, things are, people are living longer than they did in the Dark Ages. But over, over the 6,000-year span of history, it's, man has declined in both uh, size and intelligence. So I guess this is probably the last, the last thing that we want to talk about with you, Dr. Ken. Thank you again for, for taking part and for sowing into, sewing into this podcast. Um, you've been so kind, and, and your guys have been great. Um, with our correspondence and, and getting back with us. But 2 Timothy 3.7, I feel like we're in this passage of Scripture right now, especially in our present world, that people are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And the truth is that Jesus Christ came into the world to die for sinners. Right. And everybody's, if we're just some big cosmic accident, then, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. You can do that which is right in your own eyes. You can seek pleasure and fulfillment according to your own will. But if God created everything, like you said, Dr. Ken, he's in charge. He's got the rules, and we broke his rules. And there's a penalty for that. The wages of sin is death, and one day we'll all stand and give an account for the deeds done in the flesh. And I'm just so thankful for the gospel that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. But in closing, what would you, what are your thoughts right now on what's happening in our culture? What's happening in our world? Um, I mean, the, the thing that really, the LGBTQ XYZ movement that's happening, it's just, it blows my mind that we're even entertaining the idea that, Men can go into women's bathrooms. Women, you know, can dress up like men. And that there's 70-something genders, genders now. Yeah. Scientifically, what do, we, what do we say as believers? Well, the Bible is pretty clear there's only two, male and female. I think all scientific evidence would indicate there's only two. If you don't know which one you are, ask your mama. If she won't talk about it, I'll, I'll be glad to tell you. I talk biology and anatomy. I can explain how to tell the difference. Uh, you're probably one or the other, but you're not both. So that's a whole that's just another mind-boggling topic. Why do? Why would anybody believe something like that? But as far as uh, the, uh, man has gained a lot of knowledge. There's encyclopedias. There's you know, the website full of knowledge on all kinds of topics. We now know a lot more about many things than we did 500 years ago. I agree. Knowledge has been increased. That does not mean wisdom has been increased. There's a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing how to pick your nose, and wisdom is knowing when and where to do it. Okay? There's a huge difference. The guys have accumulated a lot of knowledge, but they haven't gained a lick of sense. After all their study about all the DNA molecules in the human and in the chimpanzee, they come to the conclusion, wow, similar DNA in these two creatures. Good, good observation. Therefore, they must be related. Dumb. I can take all the books in my library and find out 
all of them have the same 26 basic letters of the alphabet. Therefore, nobody wrote the book. They're all similar. They all evolved. As an example of taking information that's true, they all got the same 26 letters, and coming to the wrong conclusion. I probably could analyze some of the books and find out this book used the letter A you know, 12% of the time. And this book over here had used that letter A the same number of times. Oh, well, if they both had the letter A in there, you know, 4,624 times, that proves they're related? No, that's one of the letters that's part of the code you write English with. That's all. The DNA code is phenomenal, way more complicated than our alphabet. And the fact that we have similar DNA code to other animals proves the same guys writing the book. That's all it does. They just don't get it. I don't know how to help them. Certain kinds of stupidity are not curable, I've become convinced. I mean, everything you say is, is backed up with Scripture. It's Romans chapter 1, verse 24. Excellent. God has given us up to uncleanliness. Humanity is in a perverted, wicked, morally corrupt world. God has given us over to the lust of our own hearts, to dishonor the bodies between themselves, and we've changed the truth of God into a lie. Yeah, we're living in a gray area. Yeah. A big gray area. And that's what I like about Dr. Hovind. There's no gray area with him. It's black or white. It's yes or no. Like the Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if you need to know what yes is, you need to talk to this man because he knows what he's talking about. And he can he can combat anything you got to say. And he can stand for the truth. And it's black and white. Yes and no with him. No gray area. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Dr. Hovind, thank you for coming on to the show today. And I'd like to follow up, and maybe we can do this again sometime. Sure, I'd be glad to. Why don't you guys come down to Lenox, Alabama, visit our dinosaur adventureland. <clears throat> we'll do some programs here from our new church studio. which should be open in a couple of weeks. All right. I think we can make that happen. That'd be great. Yeah, come back in January when it's chilly up there. <laughs> and, and that was one more thing I meant to ask you. Have you ever been to Tennessee? Oh, you got some sinners in that state, brother. I've been all over Tennessee. There, you got sinners. Don't there. judge us by our football team. Okay. <laughs> Someone told me a big old guy from Poland came to Tennessee, and the coach at your football team saw him, huge Polish guy, and he said, "Hey, sir, do you ever play football?" He said, "No, we play soccer." So the coach showed him a football. He said, "Do you think you could pass this?" The guy said, "I don't think I could swallow it." <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. He's always got these little tongue-in-cheek uh, dad jokes. It's great. You know, he's it's the king great. of dad jokes. And we'll be glad to uh, bring the atheist down. We'll be glad to take my Get your students. Say, look, get all your teachers in the school and say, would you debate Kent Hovind? They'll say no. Then write their name down. You know, Professor Smith said no on this date. Okay. After you get a list of all the rejections, then call me to come speak at the school to a you know, student. Uh, meeting of any kind, you know, Marshmallow Society or something. Any club can have me come in and speak and run an ad in the Student Voice newspaper. Come here, Kent Hovind, speak. The following professors refuse to debate him and list their names. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Be rub good. their nose in it, sweetly. There's He's one in Sweetwater right now, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Ken, thanks again. I believe that's going to do it for us. You have a good day, all right? Sounds great. Thank you, brothers. All right. Thank bye -bye. you, sir. Okay, well, you heard it from Dr. Hovind himself. He is just, like I said, I was a little bit awestruck whenever uh, we first got him on because when, when we started this podcast, you know, we kind of made like a, a wish list of people that we would like to get on. And 
Dr. Hovind was one of those guys that I thought if we could ever get him on the show, that would just be incredible. And so we are super thankful that he chose to come on board so he could share his thoughts. Now, Kent Hovind has a YouTube channel, and it is Kent Hovind Official. And he puts out content about every day, every other day. I mean, he is very active on YouTube, so you can check him out. And again, his theology is very sound. I mean, it is on point. But he's got a got a he's kind of got a bad rap on the internet. If if you look at you know different articles or different things, you know some people call him a, a second rate, cut rate scientist. There's not a lot of people who have a very high opinion of of Doctor Hovind. And I think a lot of it comes from, again, some of the distractions of his personal life. But in terms of his theology, I feel like he is very, very sound. So check him out, uh, Kent Hovind Official on YouTube. I'm going to play one last clip here. And this is, one, again, one of my favorite clips from Dr. Hovind. This is how we'll close the show. Then he's going to make new heavens and a new earth. Isaiah 65, 2 Peter 3, new heavens, new earth, Revelation 21, new heaven, new earth. You can't even imagine what that's going to be like. The Bible says, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God has things planned for His kids that you can't even think about. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Your eyeball is able to see those colors, but that's only a small piece of a huge spectrum. Suppose God gives us new eyes when we get to heaven, and we're able to see the entire spectrum. That means there'll be brand new colors. Not new shades of these colors. I'm talking brand new colors. Hey, suppose we get to heaven and God gives us new eyes that can see the whole spectrum and we'll be able to see the sounds coming off the musical instruments. Right now we can only hear them. What if you could see them? Or smell them? Ah, C major diminished. Play it again. Ah. What if we get new ears that can hear the whole spectrum? What if you could hear the colors? or smell them, or taste them. Ah, blue, wow. We've only got five senses, folks. Maybe there are more. But if God just took these five and expanded them to the max, we would spend forever walking around heaven going, wow, have you smelled that? Lick that. Wow. living in your body with the sights and sounds and tastes of this world, wait till you get to heaven. You're headed for a systems upgrade that's going to blow your mind. The only question is, are you going? Paul said, I knew a man in Christ 14 years ago who was caught up to the third heaven. I think he's talking about himself. I think he actually died and was caught up to the third heaven. And he heard things that were unspeakable. You can't even explain it. Hey, could you explain colors to a blind man? 
try it sometime. Can you explain sounds to a deaf person? Just try that sometime. Can you explain heaven to an earthling? Can't be done. You couldn't understand it. Beyond your capabilities. But boy, for the rest of his life, when Paul came back down, he was anxious to go back to heaven. He told the Philippians, I've got a desire to depart and be with Christ, but I'll stay here because you need me. Paul would go to town preaching and they'd say, Paul, if you don't knock off that preaching, we're going to kill you. Really? Give me your best shot, man. Let's go. He was anxious to go. How about you? You ready to go? God made this world. He owns it. He makes the rules and we all broke his rules. He told us real clearly, thou shalt not bear false witness. Don't lie. We've all lied. He told us, don't steal. We've all stolen. You can read, and that's only 10. There's over 600 commandments in the Old Testament. That's only 10. We've broken a lot of them, folks. There's no question. We are guilty and we're going to be punished. Or we need to find a substitute. That's where Jesus comes in. He's willing and able to substitute for your sins. If you die today, where would you go? Smoking or non-smoking? You're going to be dead for a really long time. You better think about that one. Well, I think that's going to just about do it for this episode. We are so thankful to all of our listeners and our supporters we've just been blown away by the support here recently with truth revival and so if you like what you're hearing be sure to subscribe follow leave positive reviews on whatever platform that you're on if you're allowed to leave reviews please do that because it really helps bring more awareness to our our podcast and also, if you're on Facebook, be sure to visit us or like the channel, Truth Revival 37385. Paul and I are working on trying to put more, Paul and I are working on putting more content out on a regular basis, and we want to interact with you on social media. We want to connect with you, so if you're out there, be sure to hit us up. We would really appreciate it. We want to hear from you. And also, we're going to try to create a schedule so you know what's coming up on Truth Revival. But that's going to do it for us. We hope you've enjoyed episode 23 with Dr. Kent Hovind. This is Truth Revival. And I'm Roman Hamilton. Paul, we love you, buddy. We'll be sure to get you on the next one. We're out of here. Well, that's going to do it for us today, folks. This has been episode 23 of Truth Revival with Dr. Kent Hovind. For Paul Chapman, I'm Roman Hamilton. This is Truth Revival. We're out of here. <laughs>